So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Gregan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast and well we've been gone for a few weeks I mean had a few losses I think we've all been down in the ditch and I know I've, I've had a few difficulties myself on the IT side um, I'm currently talking to you from Allianz Stadium where I've had to come to the cafe here to uh, steal some free Wi-Fi since I can't get any in my own house I am joined by Leo, who still has good internet connection, it looks like. Home sweet home. Yeah. No technical difficulties here. <laughs> and we are lacking the third brother. Toby is off. He's, he's been to Australia. He's had his wedding um, and he's off on his honeymoon. So we haven't decided to bother him too much with this. We don't need another pessimistic bloke in the room after this. But we'll quickly go through these last couple of rounds of the rugby championship that we've missed and have a look at the NRC as well and I guess look at this final round and what we can hope to expect and hopefully a bit of an uptick in in what's been going on in Wallaby's camp but uh, technical difficulties all round and started with two weeks ago no three weeks ago now and Australia going down to Argentina up on the Gold Coast 19 to 23 losing that Um, that was after one shock after the other because New Zealand went down to South Africa earlier that afternoon, 36 to 34. Yeah, that was a real upset weekend, but, uh, you know, really good rugby from from most of the teams and, and for most Three of those two of games. Teams. Yeah, uh, look, Australia had their moments. They definitely had their opportunities. Uh, if, you can, if you can bear to think back to the final play of the game where... Israel Folau decided to carry the ball instead of listening to the general Bernard Foley saying, draw the man and pass, draw the man and pass. Oh, he was so mad. Yeah, with that, look, that stings. Uh, that's, not, that's not skills. That's not anything other than decision-making and, and, I guess, trust between players because uh, Foley, Foley was your, your 10 and your general and, and your, your director around the back line mm. uh, pretty much... Well, almost the entire time uh, Falau's been playing for the Wallabies really and to to not heed the advice is pretty disappointing um, so we can point the finger at Falau feels very selfish but really there are a lot of other opportunities in that game that the yeah, Wallabies dropped we should dropped. never have been relying on the last play of the game to win that no of course not and it's exciting but it's, uh, it's, it's not how you build an 80 minute performance yeah, yeah. and I mean that's the same thing almost that happened in the final Irish test. There was one last pass that needed to go to hand. But, I mean, it's hard to blame Folau. Like, well, how many times out of 10 would he, does he normally score the try one-on-one five metres out? Oh, of course. And I guess that's maybe what he was thinking. But, uh, you know, maybe he's not so good at maths. you got to play the percentages, and the percentages oh. were very strongly <laughs> there in favour of pass the ball to an open Bernard Foley. Mm. Your Folau's presence so much is is um, drawing in the defenders and yeah, getting them the, away from the, other the biggest value yet you get 
when when it's not just an open field one on one is is the fact that Falau draws so much of the presence of the attack. He he drew the winger in. He had the man in front. He was drawing all the defenders across, lining himself up. Uh, pass the ball, man. But anyway, hope, if he does it again, he's sacked. But uh, we'll give him one this time around. <laughs> Can you imagine if they actually sacked or put Falau on the bench when he wasn't healthy? I, I can't believe it. But that said, he, he's, they've moved him to the wing. That's a new thing for him. I'm sure he doesn't like it. I'm sure his wife doesn't like it even more. But um, that's where he is now. And DHP is doing 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 the job at 15, really. There's not too much you can really complain about um, with him. He seems to make, be making some good runs, making some clean breaks and setting up tries. Yeah, I guess that's a good segue into last week's game uh, over in uh, in Port Elizabeth against the Springboks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wallabies made made hard work of it by allowing Springboks to get 14 points on them very early on through some you know, bad decision making and some lazy defence. But then people like DHP given the opportunity, uh, taking a bomb on the counter, and he's it's something it's something you don't tend to see from say Falau and fullback is actually running running at a player and DHP was bumping guys off like that first the first contact he was he was just tucking a bit, lowering his body height and knocking a guy to the ground and then, you know, making a bit of a, a break, a lot, like a half-line break and looking for offloads after that. And that actually gave us a lot of attacking opportunities. And, look, he was solid under the high ball. He was consistent in his in his kicking and clearing. Uh, he didn't make too many bad decisions. The only thing I might criticise is maybe not just taking the ground when he was out wide, trying trying to push the offload when there wasn't anything really on. Not not the best, but honestly, I, I think he's in the right spot there at fullback, and I'm much happier seeing Falau on the wing where he gets a bit more space and he tends to be the last guy uh, going one-on-one with another winger. Falau definitely runs straight at defenders. I know what you're talking about. Falau definitely runs it straight back in defenders. What, he, never, he, never he runs it straight it. back, but he doesn't look for that contact. DHP's dropping the shoulder into a guy oh, who's maybe. getting pretty low. I don't, I don't, I don't remember Flower bumping people off. I remember him trying to step people or go between guys. DHP lined, uh, I think it was Cheslin Colby or someone, lined him up and just rolled him over. Mm. And and so like Flower, Flower's a big guy. DHP's a big guy too. And, and DHP, I think, I don't know, just just on. Uh, on when we we saw them uh, the other week when we went to the the game out at Leichhardt and and DHP's got a big upper body like got big, big big shoulders big chest he's got a lot of weight up high he can really sort of bump those guys off so um, yeah look I'm I'm happy with DHP at the back I'm happy with Falau on the wing uh, I'm not happy with the result of this game though yeah that's it of course South Africa winning this one 23 to 12 and I mean. When are you ever gonna have the momentum in a game when, within the first minute, Beal's thrown an intercept after trying to do a big loopy cutout, uh, ten meters out from his own line? And Deanti said, "Thank you very much. I love scoring tries, and this is probably the easiest one I've had all season." Yeah, it's just I don't understand that decision, and we didn't we didn't actually get um, much of a change after that. The the loopy cutout passes were definitely part of the Wallabies game plan in this match the only the only reason I can think of that they would persist with that tactic is that they believe that they could get the ball wide enough early enough 
to get people like Marika Korobiti and Falau one-on-one with the Springbok wingers. And that's all well and good in the days where the Springbok wingers were dime a dozen, nothing really special, no differentiating factors, mm. constant rotation of players. Um, you know, the only guy who was there for a long time, um, you know, people like Brian Habana. Um, they, these two, these two are not household names for a lot of Australians, but they should be. These guys are really solid. Cheslin Colby and uh, is it Afni Dianti? And he is quality. I rate Dianti Oh, they're both so quality. Much. They're both quality. Mm. And, like, Colby's not a big guy, but he's quick, and they both defended really well. Mm. They were in their position. They, they rarely uh, sort of came in on in defense. They, they went seeking those intercepts. Uh, a few times, and we did we did get an advantage out of that. We also uh, suffered a try. So th- mm. those guys had really good games, and they were not uh, the weak spots that I reckon the Wallabies thought they were. So yeah. uh, I thought we were much more successful when we went through the hands and, and kept it more narrow, at least initially, and just went hard and flat at the line. And, and I think South Africa showed us what, what the, the best tactic was, which was, again, if you're going wide, through the hands, run straight, draw the man and make sure that you you keep it straight enough in the middle of the field that by the time the ball gets out wide you are creating two on one opportunities and there's plenty of space to work in and that and that sort of tactic gave south africa some really good opportunities they were taking big chunks of over the advantage line um that they will probably be disappointed they didn't score more points like the the second half was a real grind uh, a lot of errors uh, a lot of turnovers and for them to only score three points and, and for us to score no points in the second half is, mm. you know, a, a pretty, pretty bad. The points to pretty just, bad. Yeah, uh, it's, I suppose um, bad grade for both both teams. But mm. um, look, these, the Aussies persisted. That we we made some gains out of their errors, but we also gave them heaps of opportunities for turnovers. Uh, our our when we went wide and we didn't make a break. We lost all our momentum, and then we had guys like Beal and Tamur and Phipps and Hooper trying to do all the clean-out at the ruck, and we were just getting rolled rolled backwards. And as, as the game wore on and Genia got a bit tired, uh, the South Africans just kept taking the ball from us. And I think it was about 65 minutes in or saying we, we uh, Deante got that yellow card, and you're thinking, right, here's the opportunity. They're down a man, mm. should be getting wide, taking the advantage... And we barely had the ball for about the first seven or eight minutes of the 10. And then eventually we got a scrum. And, and then when we tried to take it wide, everyone was too tired and flat to actually continue the forward momentum. And, and that's I was sitting there in this game, late in the game, and thinking, how much do I wish Jake Gordon was getting subbed on now? <laughs> Genia looks tired. He's slow to get to the base of the ruck. He's getting pushed off the ball in the cleanouts, which the South Africans really... You know they they Put made it that point there. of effort. yeah exactly yeah huge emphasis on that mm. coming through not not they made a couple of times they took the halfback but they they were they were crushing us in the rucks and and if Jake Gordon had been there lots of energy lots of attack lots of sniping looking dangerous that's it was a perfect opportunity to have a player like that yeah of course yeah of course he was the late addition to the touring sort of squad um, coming off scoring a hat trick in the NRC in the local Sydney derby for the country eagles and you saw him get added to that and we were all quite stoked with that we were pretty happy with that but i don't really see the point you're going to add him and not use him i don't know whether maybe they're going to try and throw him out in this game 
but yeah you're right Genia just looked tired looked slow looked like he put everything into it to try and bring this team through and just wasn't getting the help that he needed and speaking of which we've talked about the backs and the forwards didn't really help either lots of turnovers in the line out um bit of a different look with two second rowers on the bench so the entire back row had to play the full 80 minutes in this game as well and they just looked puffed i don't know is it a a fitness thing still are we still not up to standard with that or is it just just not measuring up to these big south africans well, we weren't at altitude, so we can't blame that. Yeah, that's our um, go-to excuse usually. So yeah, but Han- you know, Hannigan hasn't played a lot of matches recently, mm. so for him to come in and play eighty minutes, uh, it's a big minute, ask. Yes, he, he looked tired. It's a big ask, but uh, you know, I think he was all right. I don't think he had a great game. I don't think he was um, he wasn't a, a huge weak spot. I think Hooper really lifted in this game. I've been really losing faith in Hooper recently. Uh, he had a much better game, but he didn't really have the support around him. Pocock was huge again. Pocock was th- three three ruck turnovers at least in the first half that mm. I counted, and and still still that pest. And you know the the opposition are the the South Africans aren't quite on board with the neck roll, but they'll they'll roll him out to the side and and kind of um, almost tombstone him, and uh, sometimes trying to flip him off the ruck. He's he's just so solid. Uh, I, I don't see us persisting with all these locks for Argentina. I think that was a, a South Africa-based game plan, try and strengthen the lineouts. I don't think that is what we need this week against Argentina. We want pace, mobility, fitness, um, and and you know keep but keep the aggression. Like we've got to, we want we want guys like Hannigan, but we want them energized, aggressive. You know he's he's probably good for. Maybe if he's coming off the bench, give him a really good half hour. If he's starting, you know, give him that ten minutes into the ten fifteen into the second half, and and make him work hard, and then sub him out. And let's bring in a Timu. Let's bring in a you know even Angus Cottrell. I think's now in the squad. Yep. Um, these guys bring a lot of energy. They're fresh. Let's get them involved. Fair enough. Um, so maybe not the two second rowers on the bench. What do you think of the front row? Of course, Tong and Thor getting his first left start. Yeah, no, Tong and Thor probably underutilized, not not used in the right situations. I've seen an article this week uh, suggesting they need to unleash Tong and Thor, and I absolutely agree. Let's give him more opportunities where he can come at the, come into the line, flat flat ball, run hard, break the line, and he, he's got good pace. If he makes a line break, he's almost as good as one of your one of your backs in the backfield, mm. and he's shown at the Super Rugby level that he's he's decision making is good when there's a pass he's throwing it when there's no pass he's careful taking the ball to ground um the that that's the right sort of player and uh between him and, he gives and Scott Seo, yeah they were really solid in the scrums it was unfortunate that Tafu was taken out of this game before before the game sorry he was was out injured before the game so there's a late <laughs> change bringing Falau Fainga in uh and it was Falau Fainga who uh whiffed on his assignment to allow that second try mm. but uh, look the, all, all the hookers I think are doing a reasonable job when they're on I think the best front row was probably what we had maybe with Tatafu in there I really want to see that again this week and and they lasted really well they lasted and I don't think they conceded a scrum penalty all game they, they may not have been dominating the South Africans but they didn't lose this ground yeah that's got to be some kind of a record I think um, for this, for this but, season anyway yeah 
Um, hopefully we will see Tatafu get back into the lineup this week. Um, other notable injuries in this game, Maddox uh, got a finger injury. Um, thumb, was it? I think it was yeah. his thumb. He had it heavily strapped and he, he was in a bit of pain when he went off mm. um, off to the sideline to get it checked out. I could clearly see, I think it was his left thumb. Um, so that's that's a shame. He, he was having a really good um, s- sort of Wallabies debut season. Um, disappointed to see him out. Mm. Apologies for all the background noise here. There's people cleaning up, people going into the gym. Uh, people just, you know, fanboying around the Rowling Rugby podcast and they just want to be a part of it, obviously. Um, other than that, though, also Corobiti's been in the concussion protocol this week, but looks like he is... Um, been practicing so likely to be cleared for that um, to be able to start but um, probably an opportunity for Tom Banks to get back into this um, team for this week as well yeah well with Maddox out uh, I'm not sure we're carrying too many more too many more other backs I think we've got Sefa um, which which again it's probably has the the recent history maybe Sefa gets a run but he doesn't have the flexibility that Banks does Mm. um so, yeah, again, I think this final game, if we're moving on to this final game, to me, it's it's an opportunity to give the guys who are on the tour uh, a go to give them game time, to give them um, experience, which they aren't otherwise going to get. This it's We're trying to avoid the wooden spoon in the rugby championship, and it's a bit of a long shot for us to do that. We have to win. We have to win either more than seven points over Argentina mm. or we have to score three more tries than Argentina and I think our average number of tries for the competition so far I think we're averaging one and a bit try a game or something it's it's not good uh, so we're probably not going to do it with tries and and Argentina have shown they're they're definitely good for points and they're playing at home so honestly I'd, I'd rather see all those players who've been on tour and are our next generation coming through. Let's give them some game time, even if it's off the bench. Yeah. And and you know, I don't I don't think any of the Wallabies fans are going to be upset if uh, if we drop this game, but we t- we take the right intent in and give those guys a go. We're not really playing for much. Playing to avoid a wooden spoon is just trying to avoid the front page bad news. Mm, which either way, they're going to cop this week. I'm sure um, they've been copying it for the last couple of weeks, and nothing's really going to change. I don't think. Because in the end, even if it's a win over Argentina, it's a win over Argentina, and it's not as impressive as any of these other things. That is, of course, off the back of New Zealand um, going to Argentina and beating them 35-17, to 17, reasonably convincing fashion. They started a quite bigger sort of centre pairing with Sonny Bill Williams coming back in um, and getting his patented. I think he got a yellow card in this game. Um, yeah. So patented yellow card as, as usual for Sonny Bill in most of these games. Um, so and, yeah, and also he one of his uh, one of his textbook offloads to put Rico Yuani through and yeah, see him absolutely special. blitz, absolutely blitz the defense with speed. Um, yeah, they'll be they'll be happy to be developing that connection back because that's going to make a lot of hay against a lot of teams. Would you prefer to have Rico Yuani on your team or Apoi Dianti or Corabidi? Oh patriotism says Corabidi. I think Rico Yuani has just absolute speed like he's none of the, none of these guys are giving you kicking options. They're all they're fairly all quick. Similar, yeah. Defensively, 
I think, well, Dianti has impressed me now. I think Rico Ioani is pretty solid. I like Marika. That there's not actually a huge amount of difference. So who do you reckon thinks? Who do you think is the fastest? I think Dianti is the fastest. Is he? Okay. I remember seeing him in his Rico first Ioani's game got for a the Lions. Turn, so yeah, I remember Dianti in his like first game for the Lions this year, where he just came out of nowhere and scored like four tries. That yeah. dude is seriously quick. Yeah. Okay. Oh, look, I mean, they've all, they're all very, very good. Um, Rico Iwani's probably less less prone to s- sort of stretching for some sort of intercept and, and yeah, giving up points, true. so he might be a slight win on your defensive stakes, but mm. oh, look, they're, they're all pretty even. And, and this is how I think we feel about a lot of our players, that we're not that far off the teams that are beating us and that are higher on the ladder of Super Rugby or Rugby yeah, Championship. That's it. There's not a great... Um, it's not really a pers- it's not a personnel problem that we have. It's no, a, that's right. It's a tactical problem. It's a um, selection problem, or maybe it's a fitness problem. But the skills are there. The personnel is there to have a successful team. For some people, for some people, I would say the skills are there. I'd, like, I think you get very different skills from. Uh, let's say Kurtley Beal versus Bowden Barrett. So Kurtley Beal, you, you want him out wide, a bit like Falau. He's someone who does well in space. It's not someone who you want in the middle of the field thinking, I can beat this guy, I can probably beat that guy, starting to run a bit sideways, things just get a bit kind of broken down in your structure, and then all of a sudden they're having to take a tackle where they weren't supposed to be. And you're under pressure. Like that's that's what I see from Beal on the inside channels. That's why I'd rather him come out to inside center. Um, actually, I'll, I'll say something controversial. I'd rather see him on the bench. I'd rather have Beal as our utility coming off the bench, really? and I'd rather have I'd rather have Bernard Foley and Tamua as our 10-12 combination, and I would have Beal come on late and mix it up into either the centers or fullback when things are a bit. You know, players are a bit worn down. Things are a bit more open, and just let him just let him do his thing out there. I don't think he's been successful at ten, and I hope they change that this week. I mean, thinking back, that's where he started his rugby or Super Rugby career at ten for the Waratahs. Was never really that impressive. Then make made the switch to fifteen, one IRB Player of the Year at that, um, and then has sort of only really developed as a twelve a bit later on especially in his time with the Wasps in the UK. Um, but, I mean, yeah, you've never really seen him do it at 10, and it sounds like that experiment's going to end uh, this weekend at least. Yeah, that's that seems to be the, the feel in, in most of the reporting, most of the major outlets. And I just I, I wonder if we, if we try too hard to take a player who we think has great potential and start channeling them in a direction that's probably on a, on a different tangent to what their just natural potential and, and skill set was when they came through and impressed us all initially. Like, Beal is a creative, um, op- like an open field player. He's one of these guys that would be elite in, like, touch footy or, or sevens. Like, he's, he's hard to tackle, he's hard to contain. But when you've got them in the middle of the field, they don't get those opportunities. Mm. And, if and you know, for them, it's, in, it's instinct and intuition that they, they want to try and break it open with that same type of play but if you put them in the middle of the field they're always going to be up against the odds 
to mm. break out like that. And it might happen every now and then. You'll be really impressed. But again, it's a bit of a statistic thing. Like it's not going to happen as often as when they're out wide in space, which is why I like seeing guys like Falau and Beal out, out wide. And I'm much more interested in having the the precision passing and the sensible decision making of a Foley and a Tamua and even a Hodge closer in field, because that's where I feel like you're just trying to do simple things, create create opportunities by drawing in the defence, you know, creating uh, overlaps or or numbers advantages by what you're doing in the middle of the field, and then you've got to really directly, quickly with precision get the ball out to those creative players and create a perfect attacking opportunity for guys like Beal and Falau uh, out wide where they can just draw on all that natural creativity and and the way they've you know come through the grades and school and, and super rugby impressing everyone and just let them be themselves mm-hmm. out wide in space and they'll dazzle but I feel like we don't give them those opportunities we try and force it and structure it and it's it's just not natural it doesn't flow and that's why it doesn't feel like inspirational kind of, you know, exciting rugby when it feels like, you know, these are performing animals. You want to be dazzled. That's what you're saying. I want to be dazzled. <laughs> I, just, I just want to be excited. I want, Is it that I want so to be much to ask to be dazzled every go, so often? Wow, that was really amazing. Mm. I couldn't have done that. How on earth did you pull that off? And we see that with the All Blacks. Uh, we probably don't see it with the Springboks a whole lot. Um, the Argentinians do it. They're all just... It's a bit more free, free flowing. They just let let their guys uh, yeah. a, a bit more of a free reign when the, when they're in space to take mm. things on. And the only thing they're probably told not to do is don't turn over possession. You know, take take your opportunities. But if it looks like the opportunity's been lost or missed or or just you know that the other team has responded well, take the ball. To priority priorities to get the ball back for your team. Do yeah. not lose the ball. Do not yeah. lose the advantage you've just created. So. I don't know. I, I feel like that's not front of mind for our guys. They're, they're too willing to throw off loads. They feel it's it's the it must be to do with losing consistently. You get desperate. You're trying as hard as you can. You know, all these guys are trying. No one's accusing them of not trying, but they're they're not they're not able to make good decisions. I think because they're feeling so much pressure mm. after well, a lack of success. Well, the thing is, and I mean, look, Argentina Wallabies coming on Sunday morning at 9.40. You've had Genia come out this week guaranteeing a win. And that's... Hey, boys, here's some pressure. Yeah, like, he just have some more pressure. I'm like, if I was Checker, I would be like, look, we're not going to win the rugby, world championship, uh, the rugby championship. So what we're going to do, we're going to mix things up. Like you said, we're going to give these other guys a bit of a chance here because, look, we need to be um, making sure everyone's good. We're going to be focusing on our final sort of couple of games and I mean you have five tests left five tests left in the year you have Argentina you have the All Blacks in Japan then your spring tour which is only three games Wales Italy England right now we're two wins from eight games even if we win the next five games which you might give us maybe a 10 or 15 percent chance of getting five from five wins we're going to be seven from 13 we're just going to be over 50 percent Literally, I'd be I'd be trying to focus on our games versus Wales. That's a World Cup opponent. Opponent. We've always done well against them. We want to make sure we don't give them any sort of mental edge. You got to be focusing on trying to get some respectability back against England because we keep coming up against them in World Cups and we keep struggling against them. Those would be much more of a thing. And if you can put together solid performances, then 
then you can start focusing. We have a couple more tests with the All Blacks before we go to the World Cup. We have time. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't think you can go into this weekend's game uh, suggesting that openly, at least as a coach or as a coaching group or a player, I don't think you can go in saying the result isn't important because that that just turns everyone off. But I think you can say, um, you know, this is our opportunity to to uh, relax a little bit, try and release some of the pressure and say, look, we're not playing for first anymore. We're trying to avoid last. Yeah. And and now's an opportunity for everyone just to do what they've what they've been doing for years, not overcomplicate things. And just let's let's all remember how we got to where we are. We got there by being talented rugby players and coaches and in playing the past to at different levels. Yeah, and playing to our strengths and, and not trying to force things. Mm. And that might be enough of a way we can say that we think we get the result by being a happy, relaxed team and doing what we know we're good at and, and you know, follow all those rules, play within those constraints. So let's all just relax and hope they throw the ball around entertain us entertain each other have some fun and I, look if they put Jake Gordon in if they put Caleb Timu in if they if Tom Banks gets a run like all those guys are, are great attacking weapons then they're not super polished at international level but they'll they'll be entertaining and if they're happy and relaxed they'll go in and they'll they'll put up a good show yeah that's it all right so the team is yet to be named it should be named probably by the time this actually gets um, put out. I thought that's why you were at Rugby HQ, Arch. I thought you'd get in the dirt. Oh, look, I tried to... You haven't to... heard any cafe conversations between the, the PR people back at, back at base in Australia? Yeah, I, I probably made the mistake of coming to the home of Sydney Rugby um, when the whole team is in a different continent. So they're probably not doing that much in helping me out here. Outside business hours, too. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, but so I think we'd, we'd probably expect to see a similar front row sort of name depending on Tadafu's sort of fitness yes. level. Uh, I don't think you're going to see um, them go away from Fainga uh, quite yet. I think um, you're not going to see Painga or Mosa starters yet. Um, second mm-hmm. row, you think you're going to still have the similar guys in there? Or do you think Arnold's going to get in? It seems like no, he's I been... think same. Same? Um, I think it's Rodder Coleman. Roddy Coleman, that seems to be what they're hoping is a future combination. And then what do you think? Do you think uh, Timu or Cottrell is going to get a run into the back row or do you think they'll stick the same and those guys will make the bench? I think I think they probably stick the same. I don't think Hannigan had a bad game. I don't think you gain a significant amount from bringing Cottrell or Timu in as a starter in place of Hannigan. Mm. Uh, I, I can see a vision where Timu goes to eight, Pocock goes to six. Uh, but uh, that, that's probably the only variation I can think of. I'd, I would be much happier seeing those guys get a solid half hour to, in the second half of this yeah. game yeah. once things have broken down a bit, people are a bit tired, and, and just let them go free range. I'd, I think Cottrell's not a bad option as a six. Yeah, I, was I think he say, could play six, mm. but I, 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 don't, I think that's very unlikely to happen. Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see Cottrell selected on the bench. I think he's played well enough. He deserves his chance in, in Wallaby Gold to, to have a go there, and it's a guy that's never gives up. He's a bit like um, Hooper. He's a bit like the Energizer Bunny, but he's just bigger, mm. and he will be physical. Um, so yeah. I think it'd be good to see him. And it sounds like we're thinking Foley... 
Oh, well, Beal won't be at 10. I think it's probably a lot more likely Foley Beal go back to the 10-12. Um, sounds like you're hoping to maybe see Foley Tamoa, a bit of another combination there, and then probably a similar backline otherwise. Yeah, look, I'd, I think it's. I think I want that discipline. I want the precision and the combination of two two actual tactical fly halves. Uh, I think I think that would be fine. I would like to see that. It may not be. Uh, it, it may look a little bit uh, vanilla compared to the Argentinian sort of flair of Sanchez and, and and their back line, but I think that I think that's the kind of nice controlling inside pairing that I want to see. You've got Genia who can be a bit creative inside. You want you want your ten and your twelve to deliver the ball at the right time at the right pace to the right runner. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Beal's doing that at the moment. He's he's taking the ball a bit himself. I'd rather see him. If he came on late in the game, if they subbed Taylor Petty late in the game, or they subbed Corabidi and Taylor Petty goes up to the wing and and Beal goes to fullback, that that doesn't worry me. That that actually makes it quite interesting. Then you've got three people who are pretty solid under the high ball, and they can all attack as a back three. I think that would actually be quite interesting. Um, that's what I'd like to see. I'd... Um, so that's coming to us kick off at nine forty on Sunday morning, uh, coming out of Padre Ernesto Materina Stadium. And oh, well done, in Salta. Mm. Um, and the other game, obviously, South Africa versus New Zealand in Pretoria, and it's a bit of a revenge game for the All Blacks here. They won't want to concede another one, but apparently the Springboks only have about a 20% win rate in Pretoria against the All Blacks, so they, wow. they rarely, rarely beat them in Pretoria. I guess wow. it's just rare to beat the All Blacks anywhere. Uh, but they must be riding high after a couple of wins in a row. Um, especially beating New Zealand in New Zealand, so I'm pretty keen to see that what this game has to offer as well. Yeah, definitely. They um, so their last game beating New Zealand in, uh, sorry, beating Australia, and then previous to that beating New Zealand in New Zealand, and then still feeling probably a little bit aggrieved at losing to Australia. Um, this is a this is an interesting game because next year we've got the World Cup and the Springboks and the All Blacks are in Pool B together. So they are each other's main rivals in the pool stage. Now, they're going to see each other in the Rugby Championship before the World Cup. But to finish this year in the Rugby Championship, for South Africa to walk away having beaten the All Blacks twice, once at home, once away, that is, that is a significant mental edge, I would think, coming into next year. They're going to, they're going to have that up on the wall as a stat for months now. Like you, you, it's almost, it's approaching like eight or nine months before they play each other again, and that's that's going to be the recent history. So there's a huge opportunity for South Africa to upset the the rugby championship winners uh, at home if they can pull together and and pull this off. Um, New Zealand obviously will not want that to happen. The All Blacks have picked their strongest possible lineup for yeah. this match, yep. and they will be wanting to give as good as they got and make sure that they get the win away, same as South Africa. And then they've got the recent history. So, yeah, look, I think it's going to be a great game regardless of all that, but it's just that nice little bit of uh, context as well, which which keeps it pretty exciting. It'll be exciting for all 80 minutes. Keen, very keen to see that, and hopefully we see the Wallabies get on track. Um, otherwise, we've had a couple of rounds of NRC to go through, and I think, Leah, you've had a bit of a look at this. Um, can you take us through what's been going on? Who are the top performers? Yeah, so round round five of the NRC has come and gone. 
And look, we had some a couple of quite one-sided games, but they didn't start that way. We had the Force at home defeat the Sydney Rays. This game finished at 63 to 15, but it was actually only 19 to 8 at uh, uh, the half-time break. So the Rays, who are our lowly, lowly wooden spooners at the moment in the competition, were, were keeping it competitive early in the game. But I guess all those months of the Force playing together as a group. Uh, is, is bearing fruit now, and they're, and they're putting in some pretty strong performances, which is good to see. Uh, we also had Brisbane City get up over Queensland Country, which is, which I would say is a bit of an upset because Queensland Country are actually higher on the ladder and ha- and have looked pretty strong even for all the they w- they would have a very different lineup this year compared to last year since yeah. so many of their players have graduated into the Reds and into the Wallabies. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a Queensland derby that goes to the City Boys and and again that one was only 22 to 12 at half time finishes 39-24 so uh, opportunity there maybe lost for the Queensland Country Boys but they're still still at fourth on the ladder so they'll they're definitely still in with a shot for the finals uh, we also had the Canberra Vikings get up over the Melbourne Rising another home home winner and Canberra another one of the strong teams in this competition this year currently third. And, and the Melbourne Risings, even though with all their uh, Melbourne Rebels stocks, they're, they're struggling a little bit. They're, they're the only team that's probably outside, well and truly outside the top four and has a chance in the last two rounds to, to come back. So they'll be looking to go, go big against the force this weekend at home. And lastly, the Fiji and Drua, 48-7 against the Country Eagles. Fiji laying on the tries in the second half. Um going 24 points each half so another strong performance from them playing at home so usually where they perform strongest they're mm-hmm. also at home this weekend against the Canberra Vikings which is probably the game of the round uh, if we're honest the that's that's a top one a top team versus third on the on the ladder in Fiji it's gonna be a tough one for the Canberra boys but uh, you know they're playing they're playing for that home final later on so hopefully they can put in a good showing and keep it competitive uh, and then we'll also have Queensland Country with the Sydney Rays visiting, Melbourne Rising with the Force visiting, and New South Wales Country Eagles with Brisbane City visiting. And good to see all these games are being played at some of the more uh, regional stadiums. Uh, we've got the Queensland Country game being played at Rabina, Bond University. Uh, we've also got Melbourne playing down in playing in Geelong at Simmons Stadium. And the Country Eagles will be out at Camden Rugby Club against mm. Brisbane City. So hopefully for the for the Eagles that that's a home game and they'll be taking on a another team that's struggling a bit in Brisbane City. Hopefully they can they can get a win mm. second of the season. So the the tops four is it? It's Fiji, um, Fiji, Fiji Force, Correct. and then um, like Canberra and Queensland, and Queensland Country. Country. Yeah, and so Queensland Country only on top of Brisbane City by a point, so it's it's quite tight around the third, fourth, fifth. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. And obviously the two New South Wales teams doing their best impressions of the Wallabies at the moment, um, getting yeah. one win if that. That's it. Um, I mean, you may you may be able to argue that there's a lot of New South Welshmen in in the Wallabies squad, um, but you know they. It should be the it's a rugby heartland in New South Wales between New South Wales and Queensland. So we would we would like to see ourselves being just as competitive as the Queensland brothers, but hmm. not not so far this year. Got a couple of big rounds ahead to try and catch up. 
yeah, we'll see how that goes forward. Um, be exciting to see uh, if the Drua can continue that form. They're just it's just a points fest in these NRC games. It seems like this year, especially especially from those Fijians. Um, other news around the ground. So we have uh, Rob Horn's uh, tribute over in Twickenham this weekend. Uh, as a game between Northampton Saints, uh, Rob Horn's club, and the Leicester Tigers. Uh, but they're saying farewell to him, who's, if you hadn't heard, had to unfortunately retire after a rather severe sort of shoulder injury earlier this year. Um, a career that's been um, hampered quite a lot by injury, Rob Horn, but I know seeing him pl- playing for the Waratahs and when he got to play for the Wallabies was always an exciting player to watch and always gave a huge amount um, whenever he was on the field. And you could never doubt that player's effort. It would be very sad that we don't get to see any more of him, whether that's even in the UK system or or back in Australia. Um, So that's a bit sad to see, but glad to say they're paying homage to him in an appropriate way in in front of what expects to be around 40,000 people um, out there at Twickenham. Yeah, tough player. uh, And, and yeah, definitely one of our favourites back at the Waratahs when we used to go week to week. So... Congratulations on a on a really impressive career. Uh, we're sad to to see you go, but all the best for the next endeavour beyond rugby. Yeah, um, and only other news I have down here is uh, the spring tour this year. We'll see some changes to how the TMO is used, and uh, I think they're going to restrict them a little bit back. Try and take their take them out of the sort of general play a little bit more. Is that right? Yeah, that's. Uh, Read a read a bit up on this today, and it sounds like the feedback from the June series was that the we'll call it interference from the from the TMO was not well received. Uh, we know that there were some contentious decisions. That there were some good good moments where things that the ref and the assistants hadn't noticed were were called up, but that it did get a little bit pedantic. It did feel like it was uh, over over officiating in these games and. I think they've decided that it slows things down. It's a bit overcomplicated, and we didn't really see enough benefit to outweigh uh, the detractions from that system. So apparently there will be no more uh, uh, maintaining contact between the three uh, officials down at the field and the TMO. They're not going to be in each other's ear the whole game, and the TMO is restricted to uh, try-scoring uh, decision reviews and foul play. So it seems like the assistants will have to keep their eyes wide open. They've got 14 on each side to keep an eye on while the ref watches the man with the ball and the tackler. Mm. And that, I mean, it should should result in in, in less interference. Um, I suppose so long as so long as things aren't happening off the ball and and real, you know, more the the dangerous infringements aren't aren't going uh, unpenalised, then then it's probably a good decision. And we'll see how that plays out yeah. with the Northern Hemisphere refs as well. I guess it's it's something they probably weren't uh, weren't set up to do over there anyway. So it may have been short lived, regardless. Yeah. No, I think I think that'll be a relief to a lot of people that are sick and tired of seeing um, unnecessary stoppages and huge amounts of stoppages in some of these games. But that's pretty much all we need to cover this week. A bit of a brief coverage of a couple of weeks have been out, so we do apologise for those technical difficulties, but. Um, we're, we're feeling a little bit like the Wallabies at the moment. We're just not quite on our game. Um, but hopefully this is a week to get back on track. We will definitely be back next week and we will be back with a full contingent with Toby 
um, looking to come and join us as well, uh, hopefully with a few more positive points to say. Until then, guys, we'll still be adding stuff up onto Instagram, onto Facebook, that's at the Running Rugby Podcast, and onto our Twitter at, at Running Rugby Pod. Thanks for tuning in again, and we'll see you real soon. Remember, keep on running. And go the Wallabies. Run. Don't be, be an exciting game. Lots of free-flowing rugby. Let the Argentinians go. Well, don't let them go mental, but let them let them throw the ball over the place. Keep it exciting and try and match their intensity, please. 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 <laughs> I just want to see them relaxed and having fun. If they don't look like they're enjoying playing, then they need to take a break and find that enjoyment again. Yeah. That's the biggest one, I reckon. Yeah.